Welcome to Raising Up Cops, the podcast about raising Coptic kids in Western culture. I'm Laura, and this is my co-host. I'm Madonna. Welcome back, everyone. Today, we're going to do a little bit of a weird thing. I, To be completely honest with you guys, this is like an off-the-books chat that as Laura and I were talking together, we said we should hit record. This is something that people talk about all the time, right, Laura? Yes, we felt like the more we talked, the more everybody needed to have this conversation. And we are here talking about a very strange topic or needed topic. Uh, you you define the, the adjectives for it, but our heading is how to bulletproof your marriage. And spoiler alert, we don't have an answer. <laughs> we don't have an answer. We just realized that we've been hearing a lot lately of marriages around us that are either struggling or ending or starting in a bad place. And it, to be quite honest, it started to feel a little concerning. And we were thinking, what's the pattern here? What can we do about it? What things are you noticing? Right? Yeah. We, I mean, really for me, it's always like, what if this happens to me? Like, what can I do to stop it if it's something that it's like a mistake I'm going to make or something that's going to be on, you know, something in my power or in my control? Um, And we don't, we are coming at this from fairly young marriages and on the outside of these, um, of our friends' divorces, really. Yeah. And so that's one of the things that we wanted to talk about that we've noticed was some of these people really caught us by surprise because when we look at their social media accounts, when we see them at church, when we see them at events, it does not appear that there's ever been an issue. And so we're thinking, are they really good at hiding it? Or are we really bad at seeing it? Yeah. And what can we do on a day-to-day basis to try to keep our marriages strong, really? Exactly. And so what I was sharing with Laura is that There was a period of time where I was way, way, way more active on social media. I was a lot more um, posting about my relationship with my husband, about my kids, about everything. And I still post, but not quite as much about my marriage specifically. But at the time that I was posting a ton, I remember hearing a lot of people say to me, there is a correlation between how unhappy people are in their relationships and how much they post, being that the more unhappy they are, the more that they post. And I kept thinking to myself, no, I actually do feel like I'm in a happy, good marriage. I don't feel like I am not and I'm posting to cover it. However, recently, I've just gotten to this point where I feel so, for lack of a better word, secure, that it does not... <laughs> It is, I, I don't feel the urge to even share anything because I'm like, I'm, we're good. Like, it's just who we are. It's just part of my daily life. Um, not that I never post, but it just, I could see now that it has more to do with your security level than your happiness level about how much you post about these things. What do you think about that, Laura? I never know because I always feel like, like the minute we notice something in someone else, it becomes a problem for us. And it's like, I remember having sometimes the opposite feeling like, oh no, like there aren't enough, like, why is this, why is this in this couple, the husband never appears in the photos, you know? Mm -hmm. And then I'm worried. I'm like, oh, the husband's never in the photos. I hope everything's okay. And then I, you know, now, if you look at my social media, like Abuna doesn't love being in 
public photos. I mean, we take photos all the time. They just don't have to be shared with everybody. And I feel like it's really hard to tell what's going on inside a marriage from outside a marriage. And it's really hard to tell what's going on inside a marriage from social media accounts and what's being shared. That's such a good point because I quite literally last week messaged somebody and said, this woman's been posting photos of her and her kids only for like, suddenly, like for a couple of months now, is everything okay? Are we missing something? And she was like, yeah, everything is fine. Why would you assume that? And I was like, uh, <laughs> I don't really have a good reason besides there's no pictures. I don't know. Yeah. Show us the receipts, right? <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, but I think we see this too in um, like, like celebrity marriages or um, you know, what's the other word for it? Uh, high profile, like power couples. Yeah. High profile. It, you know, sometimes they're really, really good at hiding that something's going wrong. And sometimes they're not, but I, like, again, it goes back to this idea that you don't know what's going on day to day in someone's life and people, I, I mean, maybe, I, maybe people is the wrong word here. Women are not always very good at being clear about what's wrong like you'll see that they will sometimes they'll downplay what's going on or they will sidestep issues and yes but you mean like you mean like within their relationships or when they're talking to other people about their relationships when they're talking to other people about their relationships is what I was thinking I and I wonder Laura if some of this comes from okay so for me my family always told me you don't air your dirty laundry. You don't walk around telling people the personal business of your family. It is really important that you never talk bad about your husband and whatever, which by the way, I am on board with. But I do have select people that I feel like I could tell the truth about what's going on without it changing our relationship, without it jeopardizing me and my husband. And I don't think that this person is gonna go and say and do all these things. But I think having somebody that I can share the nitty gritty details with makes a difference. Having a sounding board, I think is really helpful, but I can understand the fear behind not wanting to tell the truth because you never know what's going to happen. You don't want to be the person that's speaking, like maybe your marriage is already in that rocky point. Your husband finds out you're talking to people about it. Now it's reality. And now it's going to be like self-fulfilling prophecy. You've made it a problem. Now it will be a problem. On the other hand, I have a funny story. So, you know, one of the things I didn't understand before we got married is my own parents' relationship as well. I was, I didn't understand, like they seemed to like each other, but there was a lot of like nagging going on on both sides and like Mm -hmm. stubbornness. And I was like, what is happening here? And I remember before when I was engaged, my mother spent a lot of time telling me, you know, when I got married to your dad, like, I didn't like this and I didn't like this and I didn't like this. And I didn't like this. And like, at the end of the conversation, I was like, so mom, do you like love dad? I'm confused. And she's like, are you kidding? He's the perfect person for me. Yes. Yes. And I think that's the message I got from my parents too, because our parents got married. I don't know about yours, but our parents got married so differently that they just like, it was all within two weeks, you know? Oh, wow. Yeah. No, no. I mean, like, there, it, it, I feel like I'm not, I don't feel like this is an abnormal case. There's a lot of people that I know whose parents have this story where they're like, within two months, you know, they meet, they see each other, they talk to a woman, they talk to the parents, okay, let's do this. You know, you, you look good on paper, you check the boxes. 
the love comes later kind of situation. Mm -hmm. And it's because it stems from this idea, which I think is fact, there is no such thing as a perfect person. Mm -hmm. There's no such thing as like the ideal marriage. There is such thing as you're going to work your butt off to the bone till you guys mold into a place where things are going well. And it takes time. It takes energy. It takes effort. It takes years. And then you're, it's going to, it's going to ebb and flow. There's it's not a straight line. There's just so much to it. Yeah. Abun and I are working on a, like a little, a little list of 15 lessons learned in 15 years of marriage that we're, we're trying to finish up before our, uh, our anniversary in July. And one of the things that we talked about was the marriage vows and how shockingly relevant they were to how our relationship is going. You know, the uh, race to do what pleases her heart and don't frown in his face. (laughs) (laughs) But we, we thought it was surprising how, you know, before marriage, we were like, what, what are these, what are these vows? And when we lived them, like, Oh, (laughs) yes. I don't know if you've had that experience. Yeah, no, I definitely um, am working on my side of it. (laughs) Um, I would say that Danny does a much better job keeping up his end of the deal, but I know that that is also really hard work for him. Um, I think that the theme that I've noticed, Laura, really is just that theme of self-sacrifice, which is the kind of love that Jesus, when he came, taught us. That is exactly what he meant to tell us. It is a it requires a very sacrificial love, your self-last kind of action, kind of love. And I think for me, I needed to do a lot of growing up in order to get to that point. And I'm still not there. I mean, I'm not saying I got to that point, but I still feel like it's such a work in progress. Um, and I do feel like it's a little bit more natural for some people than others. Like I'm stubborn, hard-headed, whatever. My husband's always been more of like a servant leader. So for him, that kind of stuff comes more naturally, but at the same time, it's still, I'm still asking him to do stuff he doesn't want to do. Like, it's just very simple. Like I, he doesn't want to do that, but he's going to, because I asked. Yes. Yes. No, I think for me, like the, the, our part, the don't frown in his face part, I didn't really understand it until he started having some bad days Um, in the service, you know, early on when when people started opening up about their real problems, he would come home a lot more weighed down. And the difference between, you know, as soon as you walk in, I tell you everything that's wrong with my day versus I'm so happy you came home. (laughs) And that, that like creating that environment where, you know, your husband wants to come home. Home is a good place to be. It's a positive place. You know, it doesn't mean that I'm never angry. I'm, you know, just like you, very stubborn. But it, it kind of relates to the idea of creating a, like a welcoming home environment for both and of that, you. That joy that you emanate is disarming too, because it's like, you, even if you're, for me personally, and I realize that this is kind of a switched role, but personally, if I'm in a bad mood, but I see that like my husband is smiling, he's playing with the kids, he's asking me how things are going, whatever. I feel myself kind of coming down from that, like, you know, rage uh, level 10 rage, you know, it just starts coming down slowly and you get to a point where you're like, okay, like this is going to be all right. We can have a conversation. Everything will be fine. So I'm sure that it also has the same effect 
the other way as well. Yeah, Abun and I have this this joke where whenever I'm angry with him, somehow, I don't know how, he will make me laugh and I will be very angry. And I will say, I am not going to smile right now. I'm trying to be mad at you. (laughs) It's adorable. I love that. It does not take very long. He just gives me this look and you just know. So I think actually you're right that the vows are interchangeable. You know, when, when I leave the house and I come home and, you know, everybody's happy to see me, it matters, you know? Yes. Yes. So Yes, very much so. And he appreciates when I raise to do what pleases his heart as well. So that's exactly right. And um, and that's back to where those love languages come in. You know, it doesn't like, you know, when you take the test of love languages and say like your top one is words of affirmation, that doesn't mean that the other ones don't have a place. Mm-hmm. You know, there will be times when you need the others as well. So I feel like that's the same thing with the vows. But the idea is what you're prioritizing in your marriage. It's not it's not yourself. Like that's the end of it. It's not yourself that you're prioritizing. He's prioritizing your needs and you're prioritizing his joy. And together those make a really great marriage. Um, and I guess the, what we want out of this conversation, like we said, there's not a solution that we have. What we're doing is trying to start the conversation. What is it that we're seeing is not going as well anymore that is making marriages suffer so greatly. So it it appears, and I don't know if I'm just at this age now that it feels like that, but it appears like there's a lot more struggles now than there used to be. Or maybe it's just that more people are more comfortable in talking about it. I don't know. I'm starting to think that there's like, you know, like that midlife crisis era, like um, as people approach their 40s, And sometimes again at their fifties that they seem to be like danger points for marriages. But, you know, you and I were talking before we started recording that I don't believe that these divorces happen out of the blue. I don't think it's like a surprise. Maybe I'm wrong. And I think that's something for them. For them. Oh yes. For for them. them. I think that they know that things, and, and maybe during all of this time, they are working really hard to keep it together and things just come to a head and there's nothing to be done. Um, but I feel like, you know, we, the other part of it is we don't know also about the trauma that people are bringing into these relationships. Mm -hmm. You know, when we talk about loving our spouses and being loved by our spouses, we're not really as aware as maybe we need to be about the baggage that other people might be bringing into relationships because we, you know, we always talk about how when the woman is willing to self-sacrifice, but the husband is not, things don't go very well or things don't go very well for her. Um, she can be giving 110%, you know? So Laura, I mean, okay. So to, to speak practically here, um, a lot of us will spend a lot of time working on our marriages, which is how it should be. You want to be that person that definitely is always thinking of ways to improve yourself and to improve your relationship. And that requires a lot of prayer as well. You're praying that God is shielding you from the bad and, and, and growing you in the good and the things like that. But I also want to point out that we shouldn't underestimate the power of interceding for other people's marriages. Um, and I feel like there's so many times when we are very self-focused, which is, like I said, it's not a bad thing, but there are couples that go in and out of your house all day, or you're talking to people all the time and you think everything is fine. And 
You don't think twice to pray for them. I think that it's worth sometimes mentioning their name in prayer and saying, God, like protect their marriage. Even if you think it's going well, I think that if we start doing that, we'll see more positive outcomes. And I realize that there's a, um, a little bit of a, of a stigma that that's a very passive way to deal with things, but I don't think so. I think that the more that you pray, you'll see things fall into place. And I actually have a very real life example of that in that there was somebody, but in this situation, they appeared happy, but we could like Danny and I, whenever we would see this couple could see that like their, their dynamic was a tad strange, but they were definitely, they were good. Like there was not any danger that we could see. Um, and we did start praying for that. And out of nowhere, this woman was telling me that they started talking to somebody for counseling for their marriage. And I thought, how amazing, you know, like I never would have guessed that they needed it necessarily, but something in me just said, these are people that may need some extra spiritual help and and they got it and it and it trickled down into real practical real life help you know that reminds me of something that one of my sisters told me um she watched this guy I, I wish I had like taken the time to figure out who like the details of this but this guy claimed that he could watch a couple for a certain amount of time and be able to tell with accuracy whether their marriage would last or not and she had said that one of the elements that he was looking for was contempt. Like if mm. one person says, says something, how does the other react? Are they reacting with contempt or are they reacting like in an, an openness? And she was saying that she had watched, she'd been watching like a couple on one of those like YouTube couples. And she saw the, 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 markers that he was pointing out that they were treating each other with contempt and like all of a sudden she was worried about them <laughs> yeah yeah but this idea that and I feel like I read this somewhere else as well that if that it was like a very simple exercise that if one member of the cup like if one person said oh look there's a beautiful bird outside and the other person said oh, wow. Yeah, that's beautiful. Then their marriage would last. But if the other person said, like ignored them or was like, yeah, yeah, whatever, did not take the moment to appreciate like the simple beauty with their spouse, that that was like, that was it. Like that that was the beginnings of the cracks in the relationship. And it's something like so small, just acknowledging each other's, acknowledging each other. I don't know. What do you think? No, I love that. I love that example. I love that idea. And it's kind of the same thing that we say about uh, with our kids, you know, like when you, when they come to you with something like, look at me, mom, and you know, it's like, like, it's just another one of those. Okay, like you jumped off the ground. Great. Well, you know, it's not that big of a deal. But they, um, they put that in their mental bank. Did you take a moment to acknowledge? Or did you say I'm too busy right now? And I, and I, I don't mean that to put guilt on anybody because I'm 100% guilty of that. Like there's so many times that my kids want to interrupt and say something that I'm just like, I'm like, my, my mind is focused. I don't need to be looking at you jumping up and down, you know, but at the same time, I do see the value in acknowledging even the little things from your spouse and how those little moments are the buildup. It's not the big grand gestures. It's not the, you bought me a new car. It's not the, I, I took you to a romantic dinner. I plan for a babysitter. It's the little 
hey, um, I saw you were getting low on your coffee. Let me like, you know, pour it back up a little bit, you know, or fill it back up. Um, hey, I, I saw that you haven't eaten in a while. Do you want me to make you like a sandwich or something? Those little things, or the fact that like in the morning you wake up and the other person's sleeping. So you quietly slip out to take care of the kids without telling them like, hey, I need you to get up and help me, you know, not that you never should do that, but just those little tiny moments of acknowledging that they need rest, that they need food, that they need, um, they need a hug. Any of that is really where it's at. Yeah, just being attentive. And, you know, that was actually my, that's my marriage goal for this year was to be more attentive. Just be, just pay attention to each other. And I don't think I mean, Abuna 100% is better at this than I am. You know, Abuna's the like, hey, let me make you tea. I'm free today. Like, I'm going to bring you a cup of tea. And I'm like, look at this with the sugar and the cookie and the sandwich and the like, you know. Um, and so like, that's one of the things that I think really makes a difference. Um, just cre- creating that constant backbone. But again, I'm sure it's very difficult when one person is doing all of that and the other is not. And yeah. I love that you brought up that, we have to all get accustomed to the idea of outside help, whether mm. the outside help is Abuna or Abuna refers you to a couple's counselor or whatever. We cannot keep pushing, um, pushing the other person away, you know, like we yes. cannot keep, keep up with that way. And I also wanted to point out, Laura, that you and I, our generation uh, we are a product of sitcom marriages. Like, I think that we've seen so many sitcoms where like things look a certain way and they're usually like the, the goofy husband that never gets anything right. And the woman who's like over it and just never, um, never knows anything about the finances and all this stuff. And it's just, it's not an accurate portrayal. It's not a fair way of, of looking at marriage. So don't look to, social media don't look to even other people around you in a general sense look at people you admire look at people who are close to god look at people whose children you see the product of their marriage being the way that you want your children to be those are the ways that you find the people that you want to mentor you and those are how you find the people that you you trust and i think that um we underestimate the power of you know taking people under your wings and and interceding and all those things are really important for us. Yeah. Supporting each other in prayer for sure. And I think, you know, earlier you had said people say that supporting each other in prayer is a minor thing, but the fact of the matter is that a marriage is a very private thing. And most of the time prayer is the only thing that's appropriate for you to do. Like you, you know, yes. you couldn't go to that couple and say, you look like you're going to have problems. Let me fix you. <laughs> yes, exactly. That would be wrong, but prayer yeah. is something you can do no matter how close or far you are um, to these, to these friends. And instead, if you hear about that couple, that's going to get married, that you're just, you've got a ton of question marks. How is this ever going to work? Instead of starting a group chat, like, is this real? Are they really going to do this? This is such a bad idea. Start a group chat with God, (laughs) like, you know, just enter into it with God and say, I feel very concerned, Lord, but you're stronger and bigger than all of that. So instead of taking it out and planting seeds in everybody's minds about how their marriage is not going to work, try to put in your your part of the effort into helping them make it work if they you know made that decision. And I so that's like the best quote I've ever heard. Start a group <laughs> chat with God. Start a group chat with God, man. Like <laughs> that sounds like that needs to be a t-shirt. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be down. I'd be down. Um, yeah, you can encourage your friends to pray with you for these people instead of gossiping or whatever about it. And I'm, I'm talking to myself here. I'm not saying this to everybody else. So listen, we recognize we don't have the answers. And so we're going to consider this a part one of, you know, protecting your marriage, which we realize we're talking about raising up cops when we're talking about kids. But we do know that there is a huge, huge factor in how you raise your kids with how well your marriage is going. You guys need to be on the same page. You need to be strong, et cetera. So we do plan to have a part two. If you happen to know somebody that is awesome in marriage counseling or who gives great advice that you think would be good on our, sh on our show here, please refer them to us. You can email us at raisingupcops.com, um, sorry, raisingupcops at gmail.com. And we want to encourage you all that no marriage is without its trouble. No marriage is perfect. There's no such thing. No matter what show they put on, there's no such thing. There is such thing as hard work and working together and God being stronger than all of it. So we would love if you also rated this podcast, right, Laura? Yes, please. If you get a chance, uh, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Leave a little message or a review for us. We would love to hear from you and uh, we'll see you all next time. Raising Up Cops is a production of Coptic Dad and Mom. This podcast is hosted by Laura Michael and Madonna Lawindi. None of the views expressed during this recording are the official stance of the Coptic Orthodox Church or its hierarchy. These are our personal opinions, collected experiences, and organic discussions on selected topics. If you'd like to reach out with any questions or comments, you can reach us at raisingupcops at gmail.com.